Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific stocks are trading lower this morning with Japan just down 0.36%. Australia is down 0.47% and Korea is in the red 0.61%. Now, last Friday, US stocks closed lower with all the major averages posting losses for the week as worries persisted over continued rate hikes. The Dow Jones Industrial Average shed 0.9% to close at 33,476 points. The S&P 500 tumbled 0. 0.7% to end at 3,934, while the Nasdaq Composite fell 0.7% to finish off the week at 11,004 points. The one big focus on investors' radar this week will be inflation. And tomorrow, the November Consumer Price Index is expected to be released and traders will be watching out for signs that inflation is slowing. The FOMC two-day meeting will also be commencing on the same day, with the central bank expected to announce another rate hike on the second day. And traders are widely expecting a 50 basis point hike that reflects a smaller move than in recent months. In addition to the rate hike, the Fed's updated economic projections and Chair Jerome Powell's press conference could be key signals for what the central bank wants to do in the coming months. Now, let's bring in Ryan Huang to discuss the latest news making headlines and what's on his radar for this week. Good morning, Ryan. How was your weekend? Morning, Dan. Super. How was yours? Not too bad. I had a very, very good restful weekend. Now, let's start off, Ryan, with the, as mentioned earlier, the eyes on Tuesday's US consumer inflation data Mm. in the run-up to the Fed meeting. You know, aside from that, can you give us a breakdown of what else we should be watching out for elsewhere around the world? And how might the widely expected 50 basis point rate hike influence market movements this week? Yeah, that's going to be the big one to watch out for the FOMC meeting. By Thursday morning, Singapore time is when we should get the indications. What is the trajectory of where the Fed is going from next month onwards? So by and large, as you outlined 50 basis points is the expected hike after four straight meetings of 75. So that by itself is already a dulling back of sorts, which Fed Chairman Powell has indicated that maybe it's time to do so. And he will outline if rates need to stay at that level for how long. So that is the next question. How long do we keep rates there? Um, And this is going to be the, I think, pivotal moment for markets to just figure out if that is a signal for a further moderation to come. Mm. So if you look at what's been in the lead-up to this FMC meeting, we did get some indicators from the US. Last Friday was the latest one, the US price producer price numbers. Uh, that came in hotter than expected. And that just made things a bit more complicated. So if you have a hotter than expected inflation data set, it kind of feeds into the narrative that the Fed needs to do more to tame inflation and cool off the economy. And that is the um, aim by the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow's CPI numbers, the Consumer Price Index numbers, by and large, we do have expectations for a moderation. If you look at the October numbers in the latest reading, it was at 7.7%. That's after a reading of 8.2% the prior month. So that is showing some signs of cooling off. And the hope here is that that will continue going with the latest November numbers. The forecast is for 7.3%. So hopefully that comes to pass and that feeds into the markets, I guess, being more 
um, calm. Um, and this is um, going to be something investors will be watching very closely. And watching is what they are doing right now. If you look at what markets have been performing, they have been by and large rather subdued. So I think all the action will start to unwind come Thursday morning when we get the next update from the Federal Reserve. Mm. Are you expecting the central banks from other parts of the world to react the same way, another 50 basis point as well? Okay, so we have quite a busy Thursday. So besides the FOMC in the morning, it will be followed by the European Central Bank, the ECB. Mm. They are also expected to deliver a 50 basis point hike. But in the ECB space in Europe, it's a very different dynamic where it's probably going to be more divided in the sense that you have a lot of things going on. The policymakers there will not be on the same page. On one hand, you've got a slowing economy. In fact, a lot of people already say Europe is in a recession and you have the backdrop of a lot of uncertainty. The Ukraine war, one of them, rising Mm. energy prices as they head into winter. Uh, And this is all going to make a lot of difficult um, decisions for policymakers to have to do. And if you look at what is also in the backdrop is the Bank of England. They have warned of the what's called the longest and hardest recession in 100 years in their latest meeting in no- November. And they back then raised it by 75 basis points, which was their biggest rate hike since 1989. Um, consensus forecast is also for them to start dialing back to 50 basis points in the coming meeting this week. So you have, by and large, central banks trying to keep in lockstep with the Federal Reserve. And to some extent, they've already hiked quite a bit this year. So maybe they can afford to take their foot off the pedal. Mm, And that's something that we'll be watching out for as well. Certainly a very busy week just before Christmas. Now, Ryan, let's now shift our attention to talk about the recent meeting between President Xi Jinping and King Salman. Now, what were some of the key takeaways from Xi's trip to Saudi Arabia last week? All right, Xi Jinping met of MBS. So a couple of things stood out is how close they now appear to be. And mm. by many reports that you have um, around um, this issue is how both of them released a nearly 4,000-word joint statement. This outlined their alignment on a couple of issues around politics, deeper cooperation in business, and this involves things from space research, digital economy, infrastructure to Iran's nuclear program, the Yemen war, and we've got a lot of issues, and it seems like all of them are agreeing to some extent and just shows how closely aligned that uh, both countries are. So it is... Uh, interesting to see how this will play out in terms of future partnerships and, of course, how businesses will flourish in both sides. Mm. How do you see the US responding to this meeting between the two and what does the expansion of China and Saudi Arabia's cooperation mean for the Americans? Yeah, it's interesting to see um, this play out because for a long time, the US has regarded Saudi Arabia as a close ally. But Mm. in recent years, that has started to evolve to some extent. Where, for example, Saudi Arabia has started to talk about diversifying its economy. So it's not as oil or hopes not to be as oil dependent in future. That changes the dynamic somewhat with the US, uh, which incidentally has been quite inward antagonized by oil policies 
by OPEC, which Saudi Arabia is leading. Saudi Arabia, of course, has been trying to cut supply to raise prices. On the other hand, you've got the US trying to get them to raise supply, to drop prices. So Mm. that conflict is already making the relationship a bit difficult. And then now you have Saudi Arabia potentially closing it up even more to China, which will mean the influence globally, the global influence of the US starts to wane to some extent. So if you look at what the US has had to say Mm. in the wake of this meeting, not very much. They have been quite quiet. So comments have been at least publicly minimal, Mm. but you can expect them to be closely watching the developments because it has implications both on politics as well as the economy. So definitely one to watch out for for the US in time to come. Yes, certainly very interesting times, Saudi Arabia and China. Now, Ryan, let's shift over to China. And, you know, what we are seeing is the world's top fund managers, they are mostly bullish on Chinese stocks for next year. And some are even predicting that equities will continue to rally as strict coronavirus measures are relaxed. In fact, according to to an informal survey of 134 fund managers, optimism about China's reopening coupled with the easing of geopolitical tensions and cheap valuations are reasons to buy. So what do these sentiments suggest about how traders are viewing China's COVID approach? Is it time to stock up on the Chinese markets? Well, according to them, it looks that way. About 60% in the Bluebird News survey say it's time to buy. Bear in mind, 31% say it's time to sell. So it Mm. is divided if you look at that, but slightly more respondents favoring a buy call. And it's based off the latest easing of measures, the reopening story, the easing of geopolitical tensions, and also you point out the cheap valuations. All these are reasons being cited by those 134 fund managers. And if you look at what's been played out in the past few weeks, that appears to have been the case. We've got the Hang Seng China Enterprises Index, for example, going through a bit of a bull run on in November and is now up 38% from wow. its October low. And you have maybe more upside to go because the gauge is still down 44% from its peak back last year in February. So if you look at how valuations are for the MSCI China Index, it's now at 11 times forward earnings. That is below the average level for the past five years. So that, if you look at that front, that indicator could be something to argue that China does look cheap right now. If things go the way they are expected to go with the reopening story, then maybe it is time to start getting back. Mm. All right, but the good news doesn't just stop there. I mean, this year alone, Chinese companies raised a record amount in initial public offerings at home and they defied a global slump. And, you know, China's share in the global tally for IPO jumped to 46%. That's nearly four times the US from just 13% at the end of last year. So what contributed to this drive in record 2022 haul in China, even amid strict zero COVID policies and a regulatory environment, Ryan? Yeah, so if you look at the numbers... More, I've got $92 billion brought in this year by Chinese exchanges. Mm. That's nearly four times the US number and it's up from just 13% at the end of last year. So it's a huge jump and it's being fueled by a couple of catalysts including how other economies are facing tighter 
monetary uh, policies, whereas it's the other direction when it comes to China. So that's helping to fuel some of the uh, exchange and capital fundraising activities mm. in China. You also have the real estate market in China forcing many investors to look for an alternative to park their money. So just moving away from brick and mortar uh, property towards other places, mm. and in this case, the capital markets. So that's another catalyst helping to drive the IPO market. All right. Thank you for that, Ryan. Now, let's finally turn to Twitter. Ryan, do you use Twitter? I used to use Twitter quite a bit until mm. a lot more options started to drown me. I see. All right. But let's say you were you were still using Twitter actively. Would you pay more to edit your tweets or to upload clearer videos on the platform? Mm, honestly, I will find it difficult to have to pay for anything right now because <laughs> everything almost is free. So yes. to have to make me pay for it, I would need a very convincing a proposition. Mm. Well, the reason why I asked you that was because it was announced that Twitter will relaunch a revamped version of its subscription service, Twitter Blue, today and at a higher price for Apple users. And I believe you're an Apple user yourself, right, Ryan? Not anymore. <laughs> oh, not anymore. Okay, that's good news for you though. But well, what can you tell us about this and why do you think Apple users are being charged more than others? Yeah, so it is surprising to see this price disparity, but at the same time, not surprising. Mm. Um, there have been many reports how Apple users have to pay more for many things because they are deemed to be generically or in general more well-to-do. That's why they can buy Apple devices. So if you go to some travel websites, if you use a Safari browser, sometimes you get served with higher prices. But going by the reports, it does look like Elon Musk is charging different prices as a way of protest because of the 30% commission fees that the Apple App Store charges. So that maybe is a way to offset those higher commissions they had to pay on Apple. Mm, interesting. And yes, I find it hard myself to consider even paying more for that. But we'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully, they bring down the prices. We'll see, we'll see. Back at home, we're currently about 21 minutes into the local trading day. And last week, the Straits Times Index closed higher by 0.31% to end of the week at 3,245 points. Ryan, how is the SCI performing today? Okay, let's take a look at where we are for the Straits Times Index. And it's pretty subdued in line with the rest of the region up just 0.1% at 3,250. Mm. Looking at where we are for the 30 constituents, is pretty much split across the middle. At the top, we have Wilmer, higher by 2.2% at 414, followed by Emperor as well as Hong Kong Land. And we have at the bottom, Jardine Sucker and Carriage down 1%, followed by Singtel and Capital Land Ascenders, REIT and for the three local banks, just slightly above break even for DBS up 0.4%, UOB up 0.2%, and same for OCBC. So, rather lackluster start so far as I think investors do a bit of wait and seeing towards the central bank action later this week. All right, now let's have a bit of fun in the studio today. We are going to play a game of up or down. And if you're regular, you would be familiar with this. I'll pick a stock or a topic and you guess whether it's an up or a down. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go, Dan. Let's kick start with LSAT International. All right, I am going with up for LSAT. So they are making the news for selling 
American home REIT to its shareholder, its controlling shareholder for $26.3 million. So that stake being sold and that will go some ways to helping it to recycle its capital to be potentially redeployed for further upside elsewhere. Mm. Certainly good news for LSAT as well. I'm going with an up for that. Now, next on the list, Yo Hyap Singh. Okay, it's going to be a down for me. So, Yo Hyap Singh in the news because its CEO has resigned mm. to pursue other interests. So, he's going to be handing over the helm to current Chief Operating Officer Ong Yu Huang from January 1st next year. So, this is, um, I guess... Going to be something to watch out for for investors because of that change in management. Mm, certainly. I'm going with a slide down for this as well. We have to wait and see how things play out for them. And finally on the list, healthcare as reads. I am going with up for healthcare as reads. Mm. So they are making a news because of their expansion into Japan. So this is where, for example, Parkway Life Read has been making waves there with the expansion activities, buying five nursing homes back in September with three in the Hokkaido region and two in Greater Tokyo. Tokyo. So all this just in line to tap what is possibly the world's second largest healthcare market and you've got a lot of aging uh, population demographics there for them to tap on. So in that sense, healthcare S-REITs will be one to watch out for. The other one is First REIT. Mm. Um, they are embarking on what's called a 2.0 growth strategy where they made their maiden entry into Japan back in March this year with the acquisition of 12 freehold nursing homes. And this is uh, something that will likely continue in the years ahead. Yes, I'm going to go with an up for healthcare as REITs in Japan as well. Lots of opportunities to watch out for. Thank you so much for this morning, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.